This is People Every Day. Coming up, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez officially call it quits. Plus, Kris Jenner opens up about Kim and Kanye's divorce and Chef Kwame Anwachi on his Top Chef return and powerful journey. It's April 15th. Well, hello out there. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Thursday. We're moving right along, aren't we? Uh, it is also National Laundry Day today. No pressure. I'm just letting you know. Do with that what you will. <laughs> Later in today's show, I talk food and fame with Chef Kwame Anwachi, who is making his big return to Top Chef, this time as a judge alongside Padma Lakshmi. If you remember, he was a contestant way back when, but he had has gone on to have a Michelin star restaurant, cook for the likes of the Obamas and Beyonce. And we get into his backstory and how things have been in the restaurant and food world amid the pandemic. So save room for that. Now, though, let's talk top stories. Senior editor Melody Chu is on with me now to delve into all of the Hollywood heartbreak news that's bubbling up today. Hi, Mel. Hi again, Janine. How are you doing? I'm good. There's a national day for everything. Right? <laughs> you were like, oh, crap, I need to do my laundry today mm-hmm. because yep. it's, it's official. For the reminder. So let's talk about J-Lo and A-Rod. It's official, right? They have officially split. The engagement is off. This news is something we were expecting. Can we say that? I think so. I don't think anyone's surprised by it because so much drama had already happened. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it was just sort of a matter of time. I think they had this moment where, you know, the news broke that they were having issues or breaking up or I don't know. Everyone has that moment in the relationship where it's like, oh, shoot, like, do we really want to call it? Should we give it another try? And I yeah. think that's, um, you know, our sources are saying that's sort of what it was. It, they needed this time to figure out, is this the right decision for our family? Because the kids are so close. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was just part of the best part of, of seeing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, the, the fashion and the style, they <laughs> definitely you paired very well uh, in that department. But their kids, you got to see yeah. all of these great images of them vacationing together and yep. the kids in the pool together. And they're, you know, around the same age and they just seem so close. So I can completely understand them saying like, OK, wait, 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 can we do this. But I I guess for you, Mel, what are you going to miss most about this couple? I feel like so many people were really rooting for them. I know. I was really happy for Jayla when I remember when he proposed. And even I think you and I worked on this story together when they first started dating, when that Mm -hmm. news broke, it was just so glamorous and fun. And it's like these two superstars. And, you know, she's been through it in terms of love and relationships and I thought this was her happy ending, but you know what? JLo is just a force. Like she really doesn't need a man. I mean, look at this amazing empire she's built. And I think that's what's next for her. She she has so much on her plate at all times. And I don't know, maybe now it's time for the era of JLo. So let's talk about uh, A-Rod and his Instagram. He, he posted, you know, in the midst of all this news, he has this, I don't know, moody Instagram of pictures yeah. of JLo. Like, 
What is that yeah. about? Like Coldplay is playing in the background and he's panning on, you know, photos of them and and what looks sort of like a romantic beach backdrop with their names on the on the sand. <laughs> yeah, it was posted um, yesterday. And I don't know, I, I, maybe it was a last ditch effort um, to fix things. Um, but our sources are saying he really did want to try and make this work. So I, I do think she's resolved it's it's done in her mind. Um, she's ready to you know close the chapter. But yeah, it is funny. Everyone's kind of like, oh, he's that ex. <laughs> I know, I know. So so the statement they issued said the joint statement we should say um, says we have realized we are better friends, better as friends, and look forward to remaining so. We will continue to work together and support each other on our shared businesses and projects. We wish the best for each other and one another's children. Out of respect for them, the only other comment we have to say is thank you to everyone who has sent kind words and support. So the businesses, I'm I'm, I'm interested in that because they did really pair their lives um, for so long. And it seems some of their finances, right? So what are some of these businesses and projects that they're going to keep working on together, it sounds like? Yeah, they've definitely invested in quite a few businesses together and, and also homes. Um, mm, yeah. I think they bought this humongous estate um, on Jupiter Island. Um, and I think they share homes, you know, around the country. So it's definitely a lot to untangle. Mm-hmm. Um, it does sound like they want to try to make things as amicable as possible and uh, not to have hard feelings. So we'll see. Um, hopefully it doesn't get messy and, and they're both, you know, mature adults and, and want to make things as easy as possible and happy as possible for the kids too. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking about that concept that comes up all the time of staying friends with your ex yeah, and the possibilities of that. I, I'm not that girl personally. It's like when it's over, it's over. Yeah. But what do you think? I think there's a difference between being friendly and friends. Like yeah. if I saw my exes out and about and we ran into each other, sure, we can say hi. Do I call them up and like say, let's hang out? No. And I think this might be the case too. I don't know. But then again, <laughs> they've shared so much over just the last four, four years. Um, I don't know. I, I'd love to think the kids could still have play dates and exactly. be best friends. And, they're yeah. they're going to have to. I mean, yeah. that that is going to yeah. be tough. Like you shouldn't and have to lose. They're almost like siblings. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, hoping for the, the best in, in that regard and that, you know, everything is smoothed over and, and does work out. Um, you know, con- what is it? Conscious uncoupling or yeah. what, what did Gwyneth yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paltrow call yeah. it? Consciously uncoupled. Yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. Ho- hopefully that, that works for them. Uh, but let's shift over to the world of the Kardashians. Uh, Chris Jenner is speaking out again in Wall Street Journal's magazine about um, Kim and Kanye and their divorce and um, what the advice she gave Kim about moving on. Uh, Chris has been divorced multiple times and, and knows all about co-parenting and all of that good Steph. So are you surprised that she's addressing it just in the wake? Because I feel like Kim really hasn't spoken much about it, but we hear we're hearing from Chris. You know, I'm not surprised. And I, I think um, Chris has always been this matriarch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised she broke the silence first, but I, I do think it's interesting. This family is incredibly close, whether you're in or out, because there's been so many you know, hard breakups uh, with Lamar and Chloe and Tristan and Chloe and, and Scott and, and Courtney. And, and it's 
it is cool to see that a lot of these guys who they have kids with and whatnot remain a part of the family, even though they're not romantically involved anymore. So I think um, there's obviously all these hurt initial feelings that divorce is so, so, so hard. But I do think at the end of the day, Kim wants to be on good terms with the father of her kids. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. Chris was getting at, too. Yeah. And, and Chris talked about specifically the advice she gave her. So let's listen to that. I think the most important thing that I learned through my experience, both of my experiences, is that the kids come first. And I think if you keep that in the front of your mind and know that they are going to get you through, the love is going to get you through, you know, no matter how, it, how much you're hurting, I used to put everybody to bed and then, you know, then I would be upset or go to my room and cry myself to sleep. Yeah, Mel. So let's just talk about co-parenting because it is all about the kids at this point once the, the relationship breaks down. What can you tell us about, you know, some of the differences that they have as parents, Kim and Kanye? Do we know anything about where the kids will live or, or, or how they will be raised? Because they've talked about, you know, being on opposite ends of certain topics before. For sure. And I think actually one of the biggest reasons they did break up is because of their differences when it came to being parents. Mm. Um, our sources were saying, you know, Kim didn't agree with some of the decisions that Kanye made and, and vice versa. Um, and I think we've seen them battle before too, like on the show, you know, they, they'd get into these fights where she's talked about how Kanye doesn't want North to get into makeup so early or, uh, or, or not have TVs in the kids' bedrooms. And, and Kim is much more, um, you know, she wants to let the kids have play and, and have fun with all this stuff. And, and she's such a fashion style girl. Like I'm sure she started wearing makeup super early. And so yeah, oh, yeah. These, these little differences. Um, oh, and also the, them being on the show. Wasn't that an issue too? Like, yeah. the, like just how much the kids were going to be filmed. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little more private and I think she's used to putting everything out there. Oh yeah. Um, and, and that's something they definitely didn't agree on, but I think uh, we're hearing that, you know, they, they both, filed for joint custody. Um, and I think that's what they want to try to, to try to keep going with and, and have work out. Um, and I think at the end of the day, she does want Kanye to be a big, big part of their lives as big a part as he wants. Um, and I think like Chris said, that's really what she's putting first is those kids. Mel, thank you so much. Thank you. Now let's talk a little about one of my favorite music genres, hip hop. Recently, I caught up with rapper and love and hip hop star Remy Ma. She talked about jumping back into the rap game after her seven year prison stint. And I love what she had to say about women in hip hop and how far things have come from when she first got started. So take a listen to some of what we got into. Well, it wasn't always like that, <laughs> that, that recently when I, when I came home, I came home in 2014, it wasn't a female dominated space period. And people were telling me like, Hey, you know, it's not a good time for female rappers and you got to do it like this. And, and, you know, if you don't look like this or sound like this or act like this, you're not going to have a, a place to be. And I disagree because it was like that when I, when I first started, when I was still in high school and I met Pun. Mm -hmm. And me being me, I listened to everything that I wanted to do, said what I wanted to say, moved how I wanted to move. And I feel because of a lot of those decisions that I made, 
we are able to hear other females and different views, women from different regions, whether it's Cali or Midwest or Southern, other women from out of New York. And it's great to have a variety. It's great to have different voices. When I was, you know, one of the headliners at Summer Jams, I could have did anything with my time slot. I literally had to argue people down so that I could bring out Queen Latifah, MC Light, Little Kim, Young and May, Cardi B. Like, you know, I argued them down because they're like, you know, this is your moment. And I'm like, anybody could come out and take their 20, 25 minutes and just do them. Like, it takes a different type of person to be like, you know what, I'm going to share it with everyone else and let mm. people see that women can stand together, women from different areas, women from different time periods, and be great. And to this day, people talk about that moment. You can learn even more about Remy Ma's life story on TV One's Uncensored this Sunday, April 18th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Next up, Top Chef's Kwame Anwachi shares his story and his surprise go-to dinner choice. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone, this is a good day because we are talking food and fame and all of those wonderful things. There is a new top chef in town, a new judge for that matter, famed Bronx born and raised, James Beard award winning Michelin star restaurant owning chef Kwame Amwachi is with me today to talk about his full circle moment joining the hit Bravo show Top Chef's new season as a judge years after being a contestant. Chef Kwame, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to be here. What an introduction, by the way. Oh, yay. That's like a rock star. That's great. <laughs> well, what a guest we have today. Uh, so just first things first, uh, I, I want to know when you signed on to be a judge, did you have that moment of saying, dang, this is how far I've come. This is this is what happens. I think it, it didn't hit me until I was sitting next to Padma. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, <laughs> I'm on this side now. I'm on this side. It's a surreal experience, you know, but I think it, 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 it led to a very rewarding season because the judge, the judgment was coming from a place of empathy. It, you know, I, I was in their shoes. I knew what it was like to be on that other side. So it felt good. It felt right. Um, it felt better than running around trying to make a taco in 15 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> it was good. For sure. And then in terms of 
like I always wonder about this on the judging side of things. Now that you know, uh, how much do you actually eat? Like, do you ever just get a plate where you're just like, oh, this is bomb. I'm, I'm finishing this whole thing. Like you guys can cut, but I'm eating this plate. <laughs> it's scary when that happens because, you know, you have another 15 dishes to try, but you can't deny good food. So, yeah, there are definitely the times where I'm busting it down. And then not have a, a, a lot, a lot of room for the remaining dishes. But but we push through. It's a tough job, but someone has to do it. <laughs> and then what what has the 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 day has been like this year? You said you were on the other side with Padma, of course. Um, the other judges. Uh, were there any knockdown, dragout disagreements? Oh, you got to watch the season for that. But but absolutely, there are definitely disagreements because you know food is subjective. It's a it's your own opinion. You know, one person mm-hmm. likes something, one person cannot. One person could like liver one person cannot right so so that's where the judging gets a little spicy (laughs) so tell us about your story a little bit for those who who haven't heard it for those who haven't gotten the book for you know for people new to to the chef kwame world um take us back through your journey well yeah i grew up in the bronx uh my mom she operated a catering company out of out of our one bedroom apartment so very much against the law, I was put to work at five years old, thrown an apron, <laughs> and, you know, started learning the, the fundamentals of cooking at a very, very young age. And, you know, that chore turned into a, a hobby and that hobby turned into a passion and that passion turned into a career. And I'm very, very lucky to have had that. But I spent time in, you know, in Nigeria, you know, years in Nigeria as a child. I spent time in Louisiana. You know, I, too, started my own catering company by selling candy on the subway in New York City. (laughs) I love that being a catering company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I've worked around the world in so many different restaurants, and I've been afforded an opportunity to express myself through food. So I'm very, very grateful for food, for, for saving my life and for providing me with the life that I have today. For sure. And, and you mentioned saving your life, but I, I want you to get into it just a little bit um, about uh, just some of the, the, the trials and the tribulations you went through and, and how you came out the other side so amazingly. Yeah. Well, you know, don't let the glasses fool you. I was definitely <laughs> in these streets at one point in time, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I was a product of my environment, you know, and I was I was trying to survive and was doing everything that I that I could to do that. You know, I, I think um People of color, people within the inner cities are disproportionately marginalized um, and and aren't really set up to have many outlets for success. And you have to have a strong mental dexterity to push through that. That's why I reach back so much. That's why I go back to the Bronx and provide meals for, for the needy and try to utilize my time to to give back as much as I can. Because I think representation, you know, matters in that sense. And when you see someone doing something, then you can see yourself in them if they look like you. So, um, so yeah, you know, there was, there was, there was some ups, there were some downs, but life isn't linear, you know, and, and that's the beauty of it. You know, those tough times make you appreciate the beautiful ones. I love that. I love your story. It's so amazing. And uh, and people are actually going to be able to see more of it, right? I, I'm hearing uh, A24 yeah. has a film in the works, just kind of telling your whole yarn with none other than Lakeith Stanfield. How does that feel? <laughs> it's once again surreal. And I don't think it'll hit me. It's a similar to me sitting on the judge's table. You know, it won't hit me until I'm on set and seeing someone uh, act out a scene of my life. Yeah. I think... I think that's where representation comes into play again. You know, 
a book can can reach so many people. A movie can reach even more. Ooh, I can't wait. It, it, <laughs> I love food. I love black people. I love our stories of triumph. It, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Nice. So, so okay. Let's let's talk pandemic and the restaurant industry. And one, how you're faring. Uh, it has been, of course, a crazy year for for everyone. But you've seen so many stories of how hard hit dining, fine dining, uh, any kind of dining has been during the pandemic with people just being at home. So, so how has it affected you? And and of course, tell us a little bit about your restaurant. Yeah, you know, it affected me greatly. It affected my my mental health for one. You know, the pandemic revealed a, a, an airborne virus as well as a racial virus. And navigating through that in a world where you have a platform, it was definitely tough because you were looked to as a diversity counselor for your friends, for businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, white people ask me, what can I do all the time? It's like, I don't know, are you racist or something? You're not telling me? I thought, I thought <laughs> you were cool. <laughs> um, and, and it made me, you know, take a step back from the restaurant industry, honestly, um, until I can you know, hug my clients uh, or, or until I can hug, you know, the, the patrons of the restaurant. You know, I, I like to hospitality, I think, is something that is lived and breathed. It's not something that is used transactional. So for me, it was something that I needed to take a step back from restaurants until, um, you know, we got a vaccine, until we were able to figure this thing out. And as well as representation within the restaurant itself, you know, I was operating a restaurant that profited off of black and brown dollars that wasn't fully black and brown owned. And that didn't really sit well with me. I knew, you know, the next restaurant I come into, you know, it, it has to be, I have to have some ownership stake in it um, in order for me to feel good. Nice, nice. So it, it, it's been hitting everyone, everyone crazy. And, and it, it's good you were able to, you know, kind of step back and take stock. But um, that doesn't mean you haven't been whipping it up, cooking it up, chefing it up. Uh, you have cooked for everyone from the Obamas to Oprah, Dave Chappelle, um, the Queen, Queen Bee, <laughs> Queen Bee's Oscar party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have done it all. And and it's, is it all been your, your, cause you have that Afro-Caribbean base, uh, right? Like that is, that is the stock of, of the great soup that is Chef Kwame. But like, but what, what else have you been mixing in there? I'm client based at the end of the day. So I mm-hmm. make whatever you want me to make. So, you know, for, for the Obamas, they wanted something healthier. So we did a, you know, a, a red velvet crepe cake utilizing beets, you know, for Jane, mm. I'd say I did a menu based off of Brooklyn and Houston, you know, for Dave Chappelle, I do Afro-Caribbean cuisine. So, you know, it's based on what the people want, you know, we're not cooking for ourselves when mm-hmm. we're in cooking for everybody else and it's a reflection of who we are nice and and what's your take on uh, all of the home cooking that has been happening due to the pandemic people just taking the social media and making everything from their own i don't know english muffins to like sourdough to feta, sourdough and a pasta i think it's just too many damn dishes that's what i think i don't know what people <laughs> are doing i don't like to get home that much it's like my, my sink is always it's like the never ending sink. <laughs> and what 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 what's a go to meal for Chef Kwame? You know, I'm an avid Chinese takeout lover. So <laughs> chicken wings and fried rice, some duck sauce, <laughs> New York gumbo sauce. If I'm in DC, um, that's my go to meal. Uh, if I'm cooking for myself, it's something super simple, just like seared steak or something like that. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And I'm so excited for the season of Top Chef. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. 
that was Chef Kwame Anwachi. For more on him, head over to People.com and catch an all-new episode of Top Chef tonight on Bravo. Now, something to make you smile. There is a friendly feline in Japan named Koko-chan who is being dubbed a hero. He saw that an elderly man had fallen into a ditch and quickly alerted authorities, and he was awarded for his good deed. Definitely dressed for the occasion as well. <laughs> you have to see this. He donned a tiny Navy police uniform with a matching hat and accepted his award and sealed it with a little tiny paw print. So cute. And the police even upped the ante and made him a part of their squad for the day. I think Coco Chan definitely deserves a few extra treats. See you guys tomorrow. Talk soon. Hold up. 